Everybody, welcome back to another week of the 3 Plus 1 Podcast. It's Monday, and we are joined by the amazing Tracy Bonner. What's up, everybody? And this week's guest joining us on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, the one, the only, ready to say great, Dwayne Walter. What's going on, y'all? Dwayne, welcome back to the 3 Plus 1 Podcast. It's been over a year since you sat in the chair. Yes. Joining us, and a lot has transpired in that year. Yes. So, Dwayne, as you reflect on the time apart, 2019, an amazing year that's about to close out for all of us, what has been the highlight of your year? The highlight of my year was completing my very first, like, New Year's resolution. Like I, every your whole life. Yeah, this is the first time. This this is the first time. No, no, no. This is not the first time I've set a New Year's resolution. This is the first time I set one and completed it. Oh, so there was some follow through. Oh, baby, it was some discipline. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But you know, and so I, I set out a goal. I'm an athlete. I'm a runner. I'm a trainer, and I set out a goal to hopefully inspire other people to, to be more healthy. And I'm turning 30 this year, so I wanted to do something that was going to kickstart my 30s the healthiest the strongest the most athletic I've ever been Um, because I see so many of my friends like from high school even from college that it's like 30 and they just hang it up Mm -hmm. and I'm like oh no I can't do that so I set out this year to run 50 official races by my 30th birthday which is December 25th Christmas praise the Lord today we celebrate the risen Savior Jesus Christ Um, and so so I actually just ran my 50th race yesterday, but I wanted a goal that I couldn't just do in 30 days. Mm-hmm. I wanted something that I, that I physically, that you physically couldn't do it in a short amount of time. Like there was no way to fake it. There was no way to, you know, to, oh yeah, I'm doing it. I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not eating uh, uh, cheese. You know, whatever it is it was something that I had to physically get out, do, mm-hmm. couldn't fake it, couldn't every week, every week, every you, had week. To shut, you had to chip at it, chip away at it every single week. And That's I did dope. So that was, I think that was the highlight of my year, like celebrating my birthday fifty times this year, over and over and over again. Every um, race was a celebration. Of my birthday. So people keep asking me, "What are you doing for your thirtieth? I'm like, I didn't do it. Doing it. <laughs> fifty things for my birthday. So yeah, that's that's good first year. That's inspiring. Yeah. So yeah, it's so funny because people keep telling me now in my inbox like, oh, I normally only run two five k's. Like the one lady said, I only I normally only run the women's five k mm-hmm. and some other things. She said I ran ten races this year. Wow. I said she was like, yeah, because I saw it on your calendar and I and I just did it and I'm like, wow, you know, or the, you know, people who I didn't even didn't even think we're watching and they're like, you know, whoa, you're doing this thing and it's inspired me. And I'm like, but you inspired me. And, and yeah. then we're playing the game like, oh, I see you, man. No, I'm trying to be like you. No, I'm trying to be like you. Like, no, for real. Like, I'm really. That's the power of your social media <laughs> yeah. influence yeah. that you have. I, I don't think we recognize sometimes when we post some of our triumphs or goals yes. that other people are really watching and looking to us yes. to really inspire them. So, yeah. thank you for being that inspiration. Of course. Especially when we're being authentic who we are mm-hmm. and we're sharing our our, our authentic lives mm-hmm. which is a lot easier said than done Ooh. many people manufacture their life manufacture social yeah. media and they curate a brand which yeah. is understandable it's yes. business but what really resonates with, with people is when you are really who you are yes in or on those various social media platforms. Yes. So, you know, one thing, Dwayne, that we talked about on your last visit to the 3 Plus 1 podcast was your fitness journey because you haven't always been in peak condition or in peak shape in the way that you are now. True. Not only are you at great physical conditioning, you're continuously evolving and pushing yourself and going to the next level. 
what motivated your fitness journey? Um, well, I've always been an athlete. So that's, you know, when you're younger, you can just get out there. And you're not really thinking about nutrition. You're not thinking about mobility and all the things that you hear about, you know, later on in life and flexibility and all the other stuff. But when I was a junior in high school, um, I got a phone call on a Friday, March 23rd, that my only sister, it was four, I had four siblings and my only sister had passed away at the age of 26 from a heart complication. Now, although it wasn't, uh, it wasn't because of her lifestyle. She was a heart defect that she was born with, but it was um, accelerated by her lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, heart disease is still the number one killer of black women to this day. Um, and so when I moved to Atlanta in 2013 and I'm, you know, I got to my career is going and stuff. And I just kind of all I did was focus on work. And then I'm looking at picture after picture after picture of myself and I don't recognize me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is not the man I was in California. This is not the man that I that I want to be. And I fell out of love with myself. I fell out of love. I fell out of like. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm that person. I'm in the front. I'm in the front. I always got a big smile on my face. I'm leading the pack. And then I'm that guy that's, okay, we're going to take a picture. Okay, y'all stand in front of me. Y'all stand in front of me. I'm 5'7 with my shoes off. There's no reason why I should be in the back of a picture. Mm-hmm. You know, and so... It, it I found myself, you know, hiding and, and cowering and, and and at that time trying to date, but letting people do things while I was dating that I normally wouldn't do. So I said, okay, let me let me take back the reins in my life. Mm-hmm. And that started with getting out and running. My friend Rodney Thrash, Thrasher, Thrash, Thrasher, I don't know his last name. Um, and one of my friends, Jason Swilly, who um, they said, hey, you, you, a little, you a little fluffy in the pockets. You know, let's get out and start running. So I would go running once a week with Jason, go run once a week with Rodney. And then I started running with uh, running group movers and pacers and the pounds started coming off. And then I just kept going from there. And people started asking me, like, what's your journey? How do you do it? And I just started, you know, shoving on information that just became this brand and this movement already said great. So mm-hmm. you identified the problem, but yeah. you also had accountability partners yeah. tell us how important that is well, it's, or it, was in your journey it's it's absolutely because like for me i need I, I need somebody to be waiting on like i need somebody to hey we're going at this time i'm waiting on you please don't disappoint me because mm-hmm. i'm goal oriented so if you give me a goal i'm gonna try to shoot over the moon mm-hmm. and so if you say okay we're gonna do three miles today okay let's try to do three and a half okay let's try to do four you know, and I remember I remember moments where my, my buddy Jason literally grabbed me by my wrist running through Piedmont Park because I was like, I want to stop. I want to stop. And he was like, no, 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 we're going to finish this. But I needed that. And, my, and, and it, you know, I was an athlete all my life. Mm-hmm. And so for me to find myself in this place where people are having to drag me through the park or whatever was just insane to me. But it was my new normal. Uh, and now I'm dragging my clients through the gym with barbells like, pick it up. Yeah. You know, but, you know. It is what it is. But we're here now. How did you feel? Because, you know, when you said your friends informed you that you were getting fluffy and they they really affirmed what you already knew. Yes. But how did that make you feel coming from your friends? Because sometimes people get very defensive yeah. when their friends tell them you are gaining weight or you need to lose weight or you need to get it together or you have a problem in general. And they fall out with those friends. How did that make you feel? And what caused you to react positively to this well, I think the thing and the th- same thing I tell my clients is that it made me feel uncomfortable. Um, and as a trainer and as a fitness professional, that is my job now. My job is to make you uncomfortable. Because just like when you're laying in the bed or just like we're sitting in these seats right now, if you're uncomfortable, you're going to adjust. 
Somehow, some way, you're going to get comfortable. I wasn't comfortable with who I was. So they were just affirming what I already was. Now, I could have I could have taken door number one, which is get defensive, screw you, you, you don't know, you can't tell me nothing, I'm happy with my size, which if you are, all power to you. Mm-hmm. I wasn't. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, all right, all right, all right. They see it. I see it. It has to be a thing. And there has to be something that I can do about it. But what was it about their approach to you? Because well, audience, audience. Just, are you getting fluffy? Well, I mean, at this point in our relationship, you could. Okay. But for them, it was, don't do it in front of a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. Don't, you know, don't, and, and don't, don't try to. Don't try to tear down my, my choices. Like, it's already happened. The mm-hmm. weight's already here. Mm-hmm. So, okay, we are where we are. Mm-hmm. And, like, Rodney was on a weight loss journey as well. Jason was, you know, fit. And he mm-hmm. was just like, hey, I need a running partner. So, I want that to be you. And we were both, at the time, we were both flight attendants. So, we had a very odd schedule. So, he was like, I need a, I need a running partner who also has an odd schedule. Mm-hmm. So, that's mm-hmm. you now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, get your fluffy butt up. Mm-hmm. Which, and, it, and, you know, and it just... It started small, but again, I'm goal oriented. I need, mm-hmm. I need something to shoot for. Um, but it, it it made me uncomfortable. It made me, you know, made me want to crawl into a box. But don't. But it also made you look at yourself. Oh, too. absolutely. I, when I tell, when I tell people all the time, I did not like myself, and I didn't recognize myself. Like I'm getting ready to post this picture on my social media sometime this week mm-hmm. of when I was almost at my heaviest. I had lost a little weight, mm-hmm. and then when I was probably at my most fit, which I'm not at right this very second, um, and it just it, night and day. Mm-hmm. Like for me, it's like who is that guy? Like, who is that? I don't know who that man. Is. Like I'm looking at him. I get up in the morning. I'm just like. Who is I'm wearing clothes that don't even fit? Like they don't even they don't even they don't fit me. Like I so it was it was a sad moment in my life. <laughs> well, we are happy that you <laughs> made the choice yeah. to better your life yeah. and to to be healthier. Yeah. Um, I know I met you and Zach um, on a fitness journey myself uh, in your spin class. And that was something that I remember going and saying after the first class, I'm never coming again. Yeah. Because Mm -hmm. it was very challenging. I too was an athlete. Right. I was an All-American. I'm about to say you were going to say All-American. I I, I You were (laughs) All-American. But it was just something that was challenging. It, It required endurance. Um, and you were just very motivational. Zach was very motivational. Yeah. And so uh, almost two years later, it's been two years yeah. actually. Yeah. Still spinning and still rocking and rolling. So I just want to say thank you for that because you are an inspiration. I appreciate that know? because my thing is because I want to be able to connect. I, and I think that's one of the things that separates me from some, I don't say all or most, but yeah. some of the instructors and trainers, um, and not even just in Atlanta, but just period, where mm-hmm. I can connect with my clients. I, yes, I was an athlete, but I wasn't. I this journey had a pit, mm-hmm. so I get I get what it's. I know what it feels you like. Fell to off get, the wagon. So I, I don't think I, you know. But hindsight, I never was on the wagon because mm-hmm. I I never mm-hmm. I, my eating habits and I love my mother and my father, but my mm-hmm. eating habits were atrocious, and I learned it from them. Mm-hmm. We ate fast food all the time. We ate, we drank soda. We ate all the cookies and chips. Mm-hmm. We used to sit with double stuffed Oreos and, and glasses of 2% milk and just go to town. My brothers and sisters and I could go through boxes of cereal and milk in like a day. Like we could eat a box and a gallon and just 
so I don't think I ever was on that, but I was just, I was just naturally athletic. And I think back, like, what if I trained and ate right? What, like, where I, would you be now? Uh, where would right. I be if I and ate right? Now, how athletic you became as an adult if you would have been that way as a kid? Yeah. Know? And I've tried so many different fad diets and stuff like that. So now, when people ask me about now, I can, I can give you practical. Advice and in real world, you know, I, I've experienced well, this. It's so. possible that you could be president of these United States, well, hell, this, like this Donald <laughs> Trump, Child. who supposedly eats all the fast food that he wants because he takes pictures with KFC, always has his um, sodas out. Even though I don't believe that he does any of that, um, and he looks like a cheetah. Uh, let's cheat. <laughs> well, you know, he has done a much better job as president of getting a better tan. I will say that his tan looks significantly better. I do want to give him credit where credit is due. Uh, our president. Has Who's president? Pause. Our president. He was elected Y'all's by the president. people of these United States. I did not vote for him. Um, neither did the majority of American citizens uh, <laughs> vote for him. He lost by three million popular votes, yes. but he still won the electoral college and he is now sitting in the White House. Going through the impeachment inquiry at the current moment last week was the beginning of the inquiry. Did you guys, were you able to catch any of the testimony? I've caught some of it. It was tough. Some of the highlights uh, of it. It was definitely, you know, during the day I was able to, again, like you, Tracy, catch the highlights uh, and to just stay abreast and read the commentary of this. It just gives me such a My, I guess my question is, how is everybody else around you guilty? How are all of these other people being found guilty and you still are saying that you had nothing to do with it? And you're still trying to find other uh, negative information on, on Biden and other people. But you're not coming out and being a man and saying, I did it. Well, he's, yeah, what, That was me on the video. Right. What Donald Trump and the Republican Party is, what they're doing is saying that they did not do anything illegal. They didn't do quid pro quo. They didn't do any bribery, both of which have been proven false mm-hmm. by testimony and hardcore evidence. Um, they're also saying that they did nothing illegal. They did say we went to a foreign government, Ukraine. We did ask for information on Joe Biden. We do not really care if it supports the president's re-election bid. And they're saying if we did that, so what we can do that we have that right is the right of the president. This is about, is that really within the right of the president? Of course, anyone with any kind of common sense and any sense of ethical decency knows it is unethical and it is not right. It is unbefitting of a president to take such action. But even our Republicans know Just imagine if this was President Obama. It wouldn't even have gotten this far. He wouldn't have made it to his second year in office. You know what I'm saying? So I'm I'm just like why would why are we giving this man who is not presidential, who's not a real politician, why are we giving him these allowances? Is he in your pocket that much? You know, is he is he fluffing your family's pockets that yeah. much that you can turn a blind well, eye to this? It really it really speaks to the nature of the American citizenry at the moment. Yeah. And people care much more about their personal interests that they believe are at risk 
than they care about the American democracy and the long-term benefit of our nation. And that's not a surprise to me when you look at most Republicans because they don't care about global warming. They're sitting here saying that global warming isn't real. They're saying that the greenhouse effect didn't happen. They, they're saying that we're not facing climate change because they care about their right now money. They care about their right now situation, their right now experiences. And so I'm not surprised that they are responding in this way, but I am surprised that when they're faced with hardcore facts, they're refusing to acknowledge those facts. And, the, and they're changing their stories every single time new facts are being presented. And the issue behind that is he has no one who is an expert in any of these things in his cabinet or uh, in his By administration. Design. He purposely picked yeah. people that were going to tear apart the existing structure that protected things like our environment, mm-hmm. that protected subsidized housing, that protected student loans and government efficiency. He wanted that all out. He yeah. called it draining his swamp. Yeah. So you didn't, you don't think that uh, Ben Carson was the perfect candidate for okay. housing ever? And moving right along. You definitely did I thought, not think. I thought, I, thought he was, I thought he was excellent. I thought Absolutely he had not. all the experience. Had for he, it. had he talked. Had he appointed him to be Surgeon General, I think I would have would have had a little more faith in that because he he saw is, urban, he saw black, he was yeah. like, ooh, this that's gonna be yeah, those are the two. I mean, just because Ben Carson grew up in the hood does not make him the expert on what goes on in public housing, what goes on in our hood, because he's that. been so far removed from that. I, I don't. I think you're taking it too far. I just oh. literally think Trump saw urban black. and. Ooh. He's a black, I got, urban, I got a black, black representative, black, urban, black Republican. Okay, okay. Boom. put them together. We got it. Okay. You're right. Yeah, I'm afraid that that very well could be the case. This isn't. <laughs> do you think that this is going to hurt President Trump's reelection, or do you feel as though people will continue to turn the other way and still vote for him regardless of the facts? that are being rolled out clear as day in this impeachment inquiry? I do not think it will hurt him because Mm -hmm. there is a growing number of African-Americans who are voting Republican uh, and who are are going out to support him. But Tracy, is that real? So I have been thinking a lot this week about what happened in our city of Atlanta. Atlanta. The city that's too busy to hate, but we aren't too busy to hate because we will hate you uh, black Republicans coming to you. We do. I I hate you. I I can't stand you. You You a fool. I I I'm gonna tell you. Let me. T- I've been. I've been really. You can. I can. I, I know. For me, it is hate. Yeah. I can't. It's. I pray about it. I. I am grappling with the reality that I, I think I hate Republicans. I don't know if I can. Well, I, I think I, I would say I, I, I hate pro-Trump Republicans yes. who are refusing to acknowledge the wrong that he is doing to the American democracy. I can respect you. Doing and thinking how you think and supporting who you want to support, but that doesn't mean I have to be around you. That doesn't mean I have to be. Yeah, you're you. you're a bigger person. And I'm not going to sit me. here and argue. Yeah. I, I love argue you. with you about your oh, life. You are a more life. mature woman. I just don't have to. Than I Zach, am as a man. Because Zach, Zach will flip a table on you. <laughs> about some politics. About some politics. Because this is our only country. This yeah. is our only lifetime. That's and right. I don't want to have my nation and my whole life experience ruined because of somebody's selfish interest. That you're sitting here destroying our, our economy. That you're sitting here undermining our democracy and everything that I have been taught America is founded on. Only proving right that we should only care about ourselves and not our fellow man. That we shouldn't care about the greater good, which is the fact 
foundational pieces of, to me, the American economy. So with the black Republicans in Atlanta, when I really did some research, many of those people were flown in or flew in to join Trump. They weren't even natives living here. Okay. So I I think it's okay. Angela Stanton. I don't know Angela Stanton. Yeah. The SWATs. The SWATs. I think. She's from I mean, somewhere. You know, she, but she's from Atlanta. Around so Atlanta. So when I went through the articles, they interviewed a businessman from North Carolina. There was this reverend and her husband from Ohio. I could believe there are 500 black people in the United States yeah. that support Donald Trump. I do not believe there are 500 black Republicans in the city of Atlanta. Oh, okay. But no, I'm no. opening up the door to any black Republican. I want you to join us on this podcast. I just told you I hate you, and I do. But I do <laughs> want you to come on the podcast. We I will promise have security. you. We, I promise we, you. We, we, I will give you. I will feed you. Feed. I will give you libation. And I promise you. I will put my hands respect. on you. Courtesy and respect. <laughs> and we will not put our hands. I will on you. never do this again. We just really. I would like to hear the why. That's right. You know, why do you support this individual? Why do you think this individual is is going to impact our community? And um, yeah, why? Or even be good for the nation as a whole. Even if you take race out of it, why do you think that this man is good for America? Well, I'll tell you this clearly. The people of Louisiana did not want to uphold and say that he was good for America. (laughs) For two major deep red states... Kentucky and now Louisiana, I, I feel as though how they've recently voted in their gubernatorial elections is a clear indictment against President Trump and a clear sign that his influence over the deep red states that are always deep red is starting to wane. Mm-hmm. Kentucky elected a, a, a Democratic governor and Louisiana has reelected their Democratic governor. That happened over this past weekend when Democratic Governor John Bell Edwards uh, narrowly won re-election, beating his Republican challenger, Eddie Rispone. Uh, now, in that, President Trump flew to Louisiana three times and basically begged the people of Louisiana to not let him down. Unfortunately, he's been let down. Let down. Well, I will say this. I do think Governor John Bill Edwards is a closeted Republican because he has uh, signed on to some very Republican um, bills, i.e., the uh, restrictive abortion bill. Um, he favors gun rights, and he's also talked about, you know, working with other Republicans, including Trump. So I do think he is closeted because he is aligned with some of their beliefs. Because you know, I was shooting a, a film, a TV show out there, and one of the <laughs> one of my Uber drivers was like, "Yeah, you know, a lot of the black people in this community did not vote," and so for me, that's problematic because mm. you know. If you're not voting, it is a vote. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's something that John Bell Edwards, this time around, I think more people voted. But I think that's how a few years ago he was able to get elected, too. Because people were not voting. Hmm. They weren't voting for the president and they weren't voting locally either. So, we come on, Louisiana. Come on, New Orleans. You got to do better. Well, you know, person, I agree with you. Uh, He's not an ideal Democrat. And guess what? He's never going to be able to ascend to any major Democratic appointment or position or anything. But the fact that you can have Democrat by your name and win in Louisiana, to me, is an accomplishment for the party and an indictment against um, President Unless you're closeted. Now, but on the other end of it, to be, and let me just, to play devil's advocate about it. 
To play devil's advocate about, you know, about that, why would you be closeted Republican in Louisiana? Now, in the deep south, you might be a closeted gay because you know in you, Louisiana. Because you right. know, but you why? Because I, I feel like he probably knew he wasn't the strongest Republican candidate. So if he crossed over and became a Democrat or or identified, if he continued to rather Democrat, he yeah, would be. He would be able to have a, a stronger. Um, a viable chance of winning yeah. the election. Well, Thank does you. Colin Kaepernick have a viable chance of getting back in the NFL? No. This past weekend, he had uh, tryouts here in Atlanta. Unfortunately. And it was a lot going on. Let's talk about it. I want Kaepernick to have a job. I think he should be playing in the NFL. He did nothing wrong. No. Um... However, I do believe this this tryout that he had here in Atlanta this weekend was a setup. You know, I think it the NFL was like, we're going to throw you a bone, but mm-hmm. we're really not going to participate. Um, a lot of owners yeah. uh, and, and, and scouting teams stepped away. Um, they didn't come. They didn't show up. And so... I, but I, I feel like Kaepernick... He did his part. Yeah. And if and if we really want to see it, if we really, 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 really support Cap, we really, really support him, we'd have to do our part, but we'd have to do it as a collective. Um, and the only way to get people's attention is to tap their pockets. Mm-hmm. And we got and there's so many of us who I'm with Cap, I'm with Cap, but we 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 got it on on our TVs mm-hmm. every Sunday. Yeah. Every Monday. Here's every- where the boycott failed. If the black players play, it's it doesn't matter. If the black players are gonna play, then there is no boycott. The boycott does not work because we're not the ones really buying season tickets. Now in Atlanta, it's different. We're a black city, but in other cities, the majority of you go to Lambeau Field, you go yeah. to watch Green Bay. The majority of that city is white. So they are pouring money. They're pouring money into their teams to see black players play. Yeah. It's 85% black. So if those black players did not play, you can't find all of them. And even if you did, you still losing out on a lot of money. That's where the boycott did not work for me. The boycotts in the 50s and 60s worked because they had a leader who was able to explain to the majority why if we the sanitation workers this is why you know if you don't show up to work nobody going to pick up the trash uh the bus boycott yeah. if you don't take the bus if you walk if you carpool that money no longer goes to the city you hit them in their pockets that way so if the black players but don't we, keep but playing, we got we have a part to play as well and it's so interesting to me and I, it is one of those conversations that I have to protect my peace on mm-hmm. when people start talking about it because it was like in one in one breath mm-hmm. I am all cap or I'm pro black and I'm this and that and then the very next sentence oh yeah I'm gonna be at the Falcons game or oh yeah I spent all night watching uh, uh, New Orleans yeah, and, but what, what, but and what's I'm the, like what's the point in not watching if we don't have a leader but we have um, but I, I'm saying I'm not an NFL football player, but I support Cap. Mm-hmm. I have a part to play, so I'm going to play my part. What? And I think if, but both. We tried that last year. 
We did. We I did. I, I, did. I, I did not I watch. Haven't, I haven't. And I'm I didn't watch football fan. for two years. I, I didn't watch again until it was in the the playoff season. After a lot of time had passed, the whole first year full full boycott. Yeah. No, I still the whole not full the boycott completely. Well, that's because I, I think a lot of people were like like me. Well, the boycott didn't work. It didn't, right. it didn't and, hit them in and the pockets. I think like we that Jay Z pretty effectively ended it. He ended the boycott when he signed on with the NFL. So I think that was pretty much the end of it. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know about Colin Kaepernick's readiness. I was excited to see what would come out to see if he can still be a viable NFL player. Once you take time out of the actual work, yeah. typically you can't get back into the work. Very few athletes have a second life. So it would be interesting to see if he could even still maintain. I don't know if he could. I, and I wanted to see that. I'm disappointed that it didn't go perhaps fairly or the way that it should have gone. But I'm not certain that Colin Kaepernick, who is my birthday twin, yeah. is even viable for this. And I think it, it may be time for him to move forward. Well, I don't know if that part is true. It's, Mike, it's tough for us. But Mike not, Vick sat out for three years. And he came and he back. And, and, he, and when he came back, he was subpar. He was nowhere near the athlete that he was when he went to prison. And he wasn't, it was a, to me, was he, subpar? It tar- he was subpar. The stats say he was subpar. And it tarnished, it, I think, what could have been, you're better off not coming back. Because who you were then stands out, and it's a part of a legacy that that becomes immortalized. The immortal Mike Vick, because of what happened to him, how he was done wrong by the Falcons. I still feel like Mike Vick was done wrong. People, don't, you know, may not agree. Most people don't agree, but I do. That's why I'm not a Falcons fan to this day. And I feel like that could have also been Cap's fate, is that this is a man who gave up his career for his convictions. And I think that's okay. I think that's a much better legacy to have for the yeah. long term of a man's real life yeah. than let me get back out here and I, make it up. Because I personally, I never will um, be able to say that I endorse the NFL. Yeah, I mean, you know, and I grew up in a city where there was only we only had two two professional sporting teams. We had the San Diego Chargers, mm-hmm. which don't aren't even there anymore. And we had the San Diego Padres. We had no basketball team, so those mm-hmm. are the only two sports that I drowned myself in. Mm-hmm. And so, but that to me, it just it, it was a complete turnoff for me, and it, and it always will be until fundamentally, which I don't think it'll. Happened, but but it fundamentally that entire franchise changes. But I do think this will work out in his favor. Well, I hope hope so. Because the fact that those teams did not show up and he moved it from the Falcons Stadium, he could potentially uh, get another lawsuit uh, against the NFL because of this. It's Mm. some NFL checkmate law, and we may really need. This may be a reason to re boycott. You know, I'm not saying I'm. I'm definitely Dwayne would be. A, I, I definitely I'm someone who would once again put them on ice and carry out. We're gonna see what happens. I, I'm disappointed in Jay Z, and I would love to see some organization and some furor come forward. But I do want it to be something that matters. I want it to be something that is where we can say this is what we're gonna do, and we do it. Even if it's only ten people, I st- I do like and agree with Tracy on the organization part. Uh, there may be a reason for gay people to also, specifically gay men, to boycott. Um, interesting story coming to us uh, from New York in the organization or a company oh, called Eventq. Eventq is uh, a an event planning organization that does events for high profile clients like Nike, who sponsors uh, Colin Kaepernick, Twitter, and Amazon, and their 
CEO Henry Leron David um, told an ex-employee, uh, his, he worked for them at a time named Wesley Warnicky, that he was going to decrease his pay to make it commiserate or equal to the women's pay because he was gay. So yeah. if you're here, we already basically are paying women lower than men. Already. Already we are discriminating against women in this company. We pay them less in event planning. In event planning, we are paying women subpar unfair wages because you are a gay man in event planning. Right. In event planning, mm-hmm. we're going to also pay you less well, as well. Well, any discriminatory action against anybody is despicable. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I think it, this is unfair to this man. Sorry to this man. I'm sorry to this man. I think it's unfair to this man. <laughs> and so I think he has a, a lawsuit that he will win. Okay. Maybe, but this is the thing. You do realize that sexual orientation is not a protected class in the United States of America. But it's still discrimination. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter. It has to be a part of a protected class. There was a whole oh, entire wow. Equal Rights Amendment, ERA, we and might, now that was pushed in the 90s. And who was the major author and push architect of this work? Hillary Clinton. And she was pushing it hard under her husband, Bill. And it would have given gay people in the United States equal protection under the law in the exact same way that civil rights laws in the 60s gave black people equal protection under the law and rights to say you're discriminating against. It failed. It has resurfaced several times in the United States Congress only to once again fail. Now, President Trump is taking huge leaps to roll back any opportunity to ever bring those protections back. We'll talk about that later in the week. But there is no right or no ground that any member of the LGBTQIA community has to say that because you're fired, you have a right to recourse. There is no legal protection, period. Now, some states have protections and some cities like the city of Atlanta has protections. But as a whole, it doesn't exist in these United States. Mm. And this is New York. So for this CEO to do this in New York York. says that he felt that he absolutely could get away with it and very well could. Which is unfortunate. Which so, is heartbreaking. I am calling on the LGBTQIA community. I am so glad that y'all have memorized this. <laughs> I have I to look have at it. the sky. I have to look <laughs> at the sky and pull the letters. But I am glad you, you all are. I think y'all should pull together and band together on this particular. They can't Should do nothing. They're not going to do nothing. They can't do nothing. They cannot. Not? Let me tell you something. The, we, the members of the LGBT members of the LGBTQIA community are the ones being discriminated against, and they can boycott all day, they can pull together all day, but no boycott, no uh, advocacy will make a difference if we don't have our straight allies come in and support that advocacy. I so just, it I has just to be. Supported. It has to be a whole entire community. <laughs> I support this particular cause, LGBTQIA. <laughs> Plus, but it has to be oh, everybody. Element of Yeah, Child. it's new designations being discovered every single day. It's a plus. It's a plus. Of There's their more. Part. Yeah, you have pansexual, sapiosexual, you know demisexual. Child. But it's okay. We need somebody from the LGBTQIA plus, plus community to come in here and please explain it. We had that broken down by our guest, Paris Prince. He did a great yes, job breaking it down. Did, Check yeah. that podcast out. But sure. but really, Tracy, I think that it ha- and same thing goes for anybody. It has to, it takes multiple people that see the wrongdoing in order for change to effectively happen. Fine. And if we don't, like Black Lives Matter could not have made any impact if it hadn't have been for more than just black people coming to the forefront. Immigration reform isn't going to happen if more people than people who are impacted by the immigration reform movement don't support it. We have to all band together. 
And hopefully we're we're gonna come in that direction. I don't think it'll be around this particular case, but I think it may happen one day. Maybe. Hopefully. Maybe one day at Christmas time. Aww. One of my favorite Christmas, Christmas songs. It's right around the corner. And also what's right around the corner is our Tuesday episode. So please check us out on Tuesday where we're going to talk about the new candidates for uh, the Democratic Party for president. Uh, should Eva be fired from the Real House of Atlanta for calling them some nappy heads? Oh, and President Obama telling you that some Democrats are going too far. We'll talk to you tomorrow, people. Bye-bye. I know.